Well, good morning, North Star, from wherever you may be tuning in from. We are really excited that you are here to be with us as we continue in this Soul Care series this morning. If we've never had the opportunity to meet before, my name is Casey Lynch, and I have the honor and privilege of being the high school pastor here at North Star, and I want to personally say a huge congratulations to all of our HSM graduates who are moving on to their next stage of life. It's been an honor to get to walk with them the past couple of years, and I cannot wait to see what God is going to continue to do in their lives and in the lives of our college graduates as well. And I think what we're talking about today really aligns great with this season that we're in of graduation and moving on, but also just for the stage that the world is in, I think a lot of the principles that we're going to talk about today and that we're going to discuss have huge implications on our own hearts and on our own lives. So if you've got your Bibles with you, which I hope that you do, even though we're tuning in online, there's nothing like going straight to God's Word. If you'd flip to Philippians 4 is where we're going to be today, and we're going to go through a little bit of it, which we have seen week by week. We've been in this process of examining our souls in this soul care series for the last few weeks. So I want to reiterate and hit on what Paul's talked about. Philippians 4.4 says this, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember that the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. This is an initiative that we're continuing here at North Stars. We've partnered with other churches in our local community with our 404 initiative, praying for our city, praying for our state, and what God's doing here at 404 every day. This has been something that we're trying to live out. But verse 7 goes on to say this, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand, that's huge. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is what we discussed last week, fixing our thoughts on something greater than this world because our minds have the tendency to stray a little bit. We've got to fix our thoughts on Christ. Verse 9, though, this is where we're going to be sitting in, camping out, dissecting what Paul is saying here to the church at Philippi. Check this out. Philippians 4.9 says this, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Keep doing these things that I've instructed you to do, and then the God of peace will be with you. Well, we hear that last line, that last sentence that Paul gives us in verse 9, and I think we could all sit at home right now and raise our hands and say, yes, I want to find that kind of peace. I don't know anybody in life who is looking to go about their entire journey with no peace. Peace is something that we search for, that we go to different places uh, to try to find. And Paul's telling us right here, that if we put into practice these things that he's taught, then the God of peace will be with you. 
Our big key, the thing that we're going to be focusing in on this morning is that obedience to Jesus brings peace to our souls. And so there's two sides to this coin, as there always is. If there is obedience that brings peace to our souls, if we're being obedient to Christ and that is what can help us find peace, there's another side of that coin. And there's nothing that will disturb our hearts and our minds like disobedience. You see, disobedience is a disruption of our souls. When we're not moving in the same direction as Jesus, when we're not chasing after the things that Jesus has set out for us, we are moving in the other direction. There is no standing still. So we are either pursuing peace, which is done through obedience, or we find our, our souls disrupted in the midst of disobedience. And I think it's really important that we clarify something at the very forefront of our time together this morning. Obedience, we often correlate and put together with obligation. We begin to think of those chores that we had to do when we were kids that we just did not want to do. We begin to think of that 8 a.m. class in college that you just did not want to go to, but you were obligated to do so. We think sometimes that obedience and obligation go together. In the way that we are discussing obedience to Jesus, that's not the way that it is. It's a loving obedience. It's an obedience that we pursue after because we know it makes us better. I love the way that A.W. Tozer, just a brilliant, brilliant person, he put it like this. If we cooperate with him in loving obedience, God will manifest himself to us and that manifestation will be the difference between a nominal Christian life and a life radiant with the light of his face. That's what's on the line here when we talk about loving obedience. We can just continue living life how we are and we will live just a, a normal life. But we've got the opportunity for so much more when we dive into loving obedience with Jesus. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for just this opportunity to gather together. While it may be in an unconventional manner, God, we believe wholeheartedly that the Spirit will move. God, that you have a plan for each person who is tuned in watching today, God, that you can begin to work in their hearts and that they would begin to move in the direction of loving obedience to Jesus. God, I pray that we would be able to focus in for the next few minutes that we have together that the distractions of the world and the other things that might be going on in our homes and in the car, wherever we may be watching God, that those distractions would disappear and that you would take full control of our hearts as we discuss what it means to be obedient followers of Jesus. We're gonna give these next few moments to you and all the praise and the glory that goes with it. We love you. It's your name we pray, amen. So here's how we're going to be diving into this this morning. We don't wanna be looking at what the disobedience side brings, right? Because that disobedience is bringing disruption. We're not interested in that. We want to be obedient followers of Jesus. So these are three things that obedient followers of Jesus will do. Here's the first one. Obedient followers of Jesus want 
to learn. There is a wanting to learn. I know that if you are taking notes on the app that you are filling in those blanks right now, I would encourage you to take a screenshot of that. If you're taking handheld notes like I often do when I am tuning in, I want you to circle that word wanting because it is critical in this whole idea of learning more about Jesus. Because here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen, if I don't want to learn, I will always feel distant from Jesus. If I have no interest in learning any more about what Jesus has for me, I'm gonna feel like there's always this disconnect between us. Paul said it in verse nine, keep putting into practice all you learned. You see, the church wasn't just receiving this knowledge so that they could hold on to it and just have it for themselves. They were supposed to begin to apply it and there was supposed to be a yearning for more knowledge and to want to know more about this person named Jesus. I love the way that it's put in Colossians 1.28. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect and mature in their relationship to Christ. You see, our lives are often marked by landmarkers and graduation is one of those. And if we were gathering at a conventional graduation ceremony, everybody would exit the building after a very long and often hot time, and they would get together, and all of the students who are graduating would gather up, and they've got on their goofy caps and gowns. So if you're not having to wear that this year, honestly, congratulations. But they would take off those caps, and they toss them in the air. And that signifies the end of that period and the moving on to whatever's next. Guys, there is no tossing our cap up in the air when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. There is no graduating from the gospel. We are supposed to dig in and learn day by day. That's what Paul is, is trying to get across right here. You haven't figured all of this out yet. You haven't perfected your craft of being a believer in Christ. We are never going to get through all of scripture and go, you know what, this is good, I've figured it out for now. It doesn't work that way. It is a day by day process that we want to dig into. It's just like any healthy relationship that exists. The two parties want to get to know each other better because it makes the relationship even greater. And we've got Jesus who knows us, who loves us unconditionally, but are we always moving towards him with the same affection? There's gotta be a wanting and a yearning for more of Jesus, for us to be obedient followers of him and ultimately to find that peace that Paul's talking about. So we've gotta want to learn more. This can look a lot of different ways. It might be setting aside time to just dig into God's word. It might be picking up a devotional. It might be setting aside 15 minutes in the morning just to start your day with him through prayer and asking him to guide your day. Whatever it looks like, there's gotta be a wanting for more. 
Showing up on Sunday and tuning in is awesome. It's not going to complete the process. Just coming with your family, great. It doesn't complete the process. It is a day-by-day direction that we've got to head in. So an obedient follower of Jesus, one that's following and loving obedience, wants to get to know more about him. But here's the second thing. They're willing to change. And this is where a lot of us are going to balk. This is where a lot of us are going to go, yeah, I don't know if this is going to be for me. Because as soon, as soon as somebody mentions the word change, we begin to think about everything in our lives that, has, that have to change, don't we? We know right from wrong. We know the things that we do that are great, and we know the things that we do that we probably shouldn't. And when somebody begins to point out and to call out things in our hearts and our lives that may need to change, we get very defensive. We don't like people pushing and, prod, and prodding in certain aspects of our lives. This is where a lot of people stop when it comes to being a loving, obedient follower of Jesus. Because fact of the matter is, they're not willing to change. They're happy doing just what they're doing. It's good enough, I can live well enough, I don't feel too bad of a person. But that's not what we're called to. We're not called to just an ordinary life. We have the opportunity at immeasurably more through our relationship with Jesus, but to get there, sometimes we have to take an inward reflection of our own hearts and the things that go on and be willing to change. Check out the way that Paul put it in what we just read. Keep putting into practice all you received from me. Don't just get this knowledge. Don't just take this in and then not do anything with it. I'm telling you things that right now you're not applying to your life. I've told you things and I've instructed you to do things that right now you aren't doing. Take these things and receive them and begin to apply them. We all know that change isn't easy. Change is an incredibly difficult process. I don't know if you've ever been with somebody that has had a habit that needed to change. It could be something very small from chewing with their mouth open at the table to something much, much bigger than that. But bad habits are really hard to change. It's a continual process. It is something that takes time. I pray that, man, whatever that is in your life that needs to change, that you could walk away from today and not have to worry about it anymore. But I know that the enemy likes to try to distract us and to point us back to who we used to be. And so here's my challenge for you if you are willing to change, to be an obedient follower of Jesus. Take one step today, take another step tomorrow, and so on and so on and so on. And I think you would be amazed at the direction you begin to move in and how you have begun to find more peace in your life because you're living out of loving obedience. If we look at it as this huge thing that all has to happen at once, we get incredibly overwhelmed. It doesn't feel like we can 
take it all on, that God's not gonna be able to use us because we've got too many things that need to change. It's a day-by-day process. Begin today. Begin to put some markers and some changes in your life that need to happen and work on it today and again tomorrow and so on and so forth. I love the way that it's put in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. It says this, Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what was said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. You see, what this passage is wanting to get across is we've given you this information that's come from God. Now it's got to become a part of your own heart. If you just read it, it doesn't mean you do anything with it. Take it, apply it, and be willing to realize that you're not always right. Be willing to realize that there is stuff in your own heart and there is stuff in your own life that needs to change. This is something we're gonna battle for our entire time here on earth, is this willingness to change. But what's on the other side of it is so much greater than anything here. We should be willing to change whatever we need to to get closer to him because it is far, far greater than whatever the world offers me. So we know two things now. We know that obedient followers of Jesus want to learn and they're willing to change. But here's the third thing that obedient followers will do. They walk with mature believers. Walking with mature believers. Again, if you're taking those notes, I want you to circle that word walking. Because for some of us that are tuned in today, it's time to put on our own shoes and quit watching everybody else. I think it's really easy sometimes to know the information, but applying it and living it, totally different. We've got to begin the process of walking in maturity and walking towards Jesus. And one of the greatest ways that we can do that is by walking with other mature believers that have been where we've been and they can look you in the eye and say, I get what you're going through, I've been there myself, but you can make it. You can do this. You're not in this by yourself. It's a really beautiful process that begins to take place when believers begin to walk with other believers. And days and weeks and months and years go by and we realize that, man, I've, I've grown in my faith and now I'm getting to walk with somebody else. It's an incredible process. But it's not a process that happens by sitting. It's not a process that happens by observing. We've got to be willing to sometimes expose ourselves and get out and walk with other mature believers. Never underestimate the influence that somebody can have on your own life 
and the influence that you can begin to have on somebody else's life through how you live. I can confidently say for me personally, I would not be where I'm at today if it weren't for people who were pouring into me in elementary and middle and high school and throughout college. I wouldn't be here. And I think for many of us who have followed Christ for an extended period of time, we can all say that. There's been people along the way that have stopped and gone, man, let me help you. Let me walk with you. Graduates that are tuning in, if I could give you one piece of advice for this next step that you're gonna go on in your journey, it would be to apply this immediately. Whether it's you showing up to college or you heading into a new city to get a brand new job, apply this. Find somebody, seek out somebody that you can walk with and learn from them. Don't wait for them to find you don't hang out in your dorm room for months at a time and then realize you feel more disconnected than you've ever felt. Begin to apply it today. Begin to take those steps. Begin to do the research of churches in the area that you're gonna be in and groups that they may be offering. Those are great community options for us to walk with other believers and grow in obedience in our own personal lives. Not an easy step, but it's a necessary step. It's one that we have to take. So graduates, I think that is so important for you. But for the mom and dad sitting at home or the teenager who's watching right now, if I could give you one piece of advice, it would be to apply this to your life as well. We never graduate from this. We never know all there is to know. Sometimes it requires us being proactive. It requires us stepping out in faith and believing what God's gonna do. Check out the way that Paul puts it in Philippians 4.9. Keep putting into practice everything you heard from me and you saw me doing. You see, the word me shows up a ton there in verse nine. And it's not so Paul can gloat about what a great believer he is. He's not showing off his ability to be Mr. Super Christian. He's saying these things because he has developed a relationship with this church and he's instructing them to live out what they've talked about. This is a relationship, these are bonds that have been built already. They've been formed. And now Paul's calling them, you know what I've told you to do. You've seen me do these things. Now go do it yourself. We put these things together of wanting to learn and willingness to change and walking with mature believers and we're gonna find ourselves moving in the direction of loving obedience. And here's the really amazing thing that happens. Continual loving obedience becomes a habit that can change the rest of your life. It can change everything about your world. 
Because that head knowledge has become heart knowledge that you're now putting into action. And it's like we take off this pair of glasses and we see the world in a completely different way because Jesus has full control of our hearts and we're chasing after him with everything that we've got. Not out of obligation, but out of a loving obedience for a savior who put his life on the line and sacrificed it for you and I so that we could have immeasurably more, so that we didn't have to feel disconnected, so that we didn't have to live in a world without peace. We could find all of those things through him because of what he did. And when we walk in continual loving obedience, I think you'll be amazed at the places and what God can do through your own heart and through your own life. Would you pray with me? Father, obedience in general is not easy. Obedience is something that requires effort. Obedience is something that isn't for everybody. God, there's some of us that showed up today tuning in and we are just stagnant. We haven't been moving. And we know that that means ultimately that we're moving backwards and we feel disconnected from you. And we feel just lonely and we feel like you have no idea what's going on in our lives. It's not true. You've been right there alongside of us through every step of the way. But our eyes have gotten off course and they've lost, they've lost their focus. Father, I pray today that we would get back in line with you and move towards you in loving obedience, which ultimately leads us to peace. So God, I pray for everybody who is tuned in watching from all over the world. God, that there would be a yearning for more knowledge about you, that we wouldn't want to just stop, that we would crave more to grow in a deeper intimacy with you, that we would be willing to change some things in our lives that aren't right, that aren't Christ-like, that aren't leading others to you. And God, that we would put on our own pair of shoes and walk with other mature believers and grow in our faith. We have the opportunity at so much more than just a normal, average Christian life, God. We have the opportunity at something extraordinary, and it can be found through continual loving obedience, which leads us to peace. Father, we love you. We thank you for that promise. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.